Yo, 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 what is up? We are back again. It is Hoops and Brews. We ain't done this in like, I want to say what, this guy with the leg is already up. Uh, uh, Back again, Hoops and Brews. We ain't done this in like two weeks. That's my fault. It's because I've been gone in um Chicago doing music stuff. And I covered the uh Bears-Green Bay game with the homie uh Scott. That was fun. Um, Green Bay was an interesting city. Um, But Joe, what you been up to, bro? Not much, man. I've been out here working, coaching. The kids is crazy. Uh, working out. I've been hooping. I uh, mean, Eli went on a little win streak on Saturday, a little five game win streak at the park, running stuff. But yeah, I've been good, man. We've been out here solid, following the NBA. Excited, really excited. That's all. We ready. Uh, first day of practice was today. I know it's one practice, but they were out there looking good. I saw a lot of uh, hand clapping. I saw a lot of directing. I saw a lot of pointing. I saw, I saw, I saw a lot of praying, feet moving. I saw a lot of good activity. I saw just a lot of positive vibes going. The Laker Nation is just the NBA this year. It should be another great season. I'm really looking forward to it. Just excited to get into this. Let's go. All right, well, let's get into it. Los Angeles Lakers season preview. Obviously, they had their media day. What was it? It was yesterday when they had their media day, right? Yeah, media day was yesterday. Yeah, because the Clippers had theirs on Monday. Thomas actually went. Um, so shout out Thomas. He actually went to uh Clippers media day. But um, yeah, they had their media day on Monday. Um, they all said the right things for the most part. Um, but you, you as a, a Laker fan, what did you think about LA? Uh, well, number one, what did you think about the Lakers media day and the stuff that came out from media day? And then number two, what do you think about, um, just how they look in general and what this team could possibly be this season? Um, looking at the roster, now that the roster seems to be pretty much set. Cool. So I'll start with media day. Uh, media day was, um, everything looks solid, but like you said, it's very hard for something to go wrong. Uh, during media day, um, there's no opponent next to you. There's no sort of evaluation. You can't really see much. It's media day. It's all smiles and laughs. But media day was solid. Um, we saw the last week. One thing really um, didn't sit well with me was a reporter, um, Axel Westbrook, if he didn't, um, how he feels about the Lakers want him there. I don't think that. That's that was a crazy about. question. That was a crazy question to ask. It, it, disappointed, it disappointed me a lot. I mean, Lakers media has to be better. If we want to build a winning, a winning culture, which is something we haven't really had over the past two years for the most part, those questions have to stop now. Every player has to feel comfortable here where they're at. Um, Westbrook already, obviously, last year he didn't have a very too good affair with the media and the fans. They booed him. The media asked him stupid questions just like how they did yesterday. But that's stuff like that I have to clean up right now. Um, we stopped those nonsense media questions. We get locked in. A lot of other stuff is looking good. Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, um, multiple reports of them. Patrick Beverly himself coming out and saying Westbrook has been his best friend so far in the Lakers. Talked about how they spent time together, how Westbrook actually did things for him back when he was a um, um, on the Rockets, he got his sister courtside uh, seats. A lot of good stuff going on uh, with this Laker team. I thought they did a great job of addressing some of the things that they needed. Um, and that was youth. Uh, they got a lot younger. A lot of the times last season, you notice they, they got a lot younger and they got size. A lot of times last season, you would notice they would have guys who probably shouldn't be there. There, Like, for example, the guys like Trevor Reza. Where is he signed now? Nobody has him. There's a reason why he's not in the league now. He, he's probably three, four years out the league. It's just very hard to win games and do things like play defense, uh, make your rotation, stay in front of people when you got Trevor Reza's, Dwight Howard's, Carmelo Anthony's, uh, guys of that caliber, um, Rondo's, older guys is out of They kind of washed out some older guys that they had. Um, that's something that I thought really helped them back a lot. Um, and they got younger. They picked up guys like Ronnie Walker's, the Damian Jones's, the Thomas Bryant's. So they moved in the right direction. Um, they still, obviously, there's one major gap in this roster, but I don't think it'll hurt them that much. I'm pretty sure um, you would agree with this one as well. They don't have too many big wings, um, and that's a problem. Obviously, you have LeBron James, but LeBron James is, what, 38 now, right? 38 30, years old? Something like that. 
Something like Some that. 30 or 39, one or the other. That that's, could be a problem for the roster. I'm not really too concerned about that because everywhere else I think we're very solid. I think when you have talent like LeBron and Anthony Davis, t- talents like that are built to make up for holes such as um, things like uh, bad wings. But I think the Lakers are moving in the right direction. Everything is looking uh, very good. I saw Kendrick Nunn out there, a guy who last season we all were anticipating him. We never got him. He's out there. I think he's going to help the team a lot. Uh, a guard who can knock down the mid-range, uh, get in transition, uh, score pretty easily, a floater in between game, can finish at the rim. Undersized guard, but he brings something that a lot of the guards we had last year simply couldn't do. And that's uh, break down the defender, get to the rim, get a layup, take some pressure off LeBron, take some pressure off the other guys, and make something happen for himself. I think he averaged 15 or 16 points um, last season he played in Miami. Uh, can score the ball very easily, picked up dinner shooter. Um, a lot of guards, I'm not really liking how, I'm not sure how it's going to all work out. And it's hard to really come on and say who I want starting. I'll say I want, hard to say I want Damian Jones here. or I think Schroeder should be the starting point guard. I think he's, I think he kind of, we really got to play uh, Lakers fans. You really want to pay close attention to the weapons in the preseason or whatever reports you can get out of training camp to see who's playing the best. I think that's who they should eventually end up going with. It's more of a rhythm thing. I don't think anybody has done anything in the past to prove that they should be in certain spots. So we just got to see how this plays out. I'm very, very excited. I'm excited to see how Darvin Ham adjusts the culture um, down in uh, Los Angeles. It seemed like the players were kind of over. Certain players were over Frank Vogel and uh, the methods he had. Sometimes people will question if they respect him or not because he never played in the league. I've heard reports like that. But Ham has been in the league. He's a younger coach. Uh, it seems like he's really connecting with the guys. It seems like his energy is really uh, getting around to um, the entire team and a lot of camaraderie going on. And it seems like everything's headed in the right direction. I do think West Westbrook should be a starter. I think he should be a for sure start. I think him, AD, and LeBron should be locked for the starting lineup. I think we've got to see it. I don't think you just come off and bring him off the bench off the rip because there's too many possibilities. of Them Them three are too great to not try it again. you got to run it back. I know it didn't look too great in the small sympathies we got last season, but I think you throw them out there uh, this year. We'll see what happens. we got to give it a shot. If it doesn't work again, after we get a decent sample size, go ahead, try to bring him off the bench, see how however that works. You end up sending them wherever that goes. I think West Westbrook, LeBron, and AD should be the only locks for the starting lineup for the Lakers. And then we'll figure out the rest throughout the preseason through training camps. And we'll see how it plays out there. Uh, I love the Lonnie Walker pickup, a uh, guy who can replace uh, Malik Monk was obviously a huge loss for the Lakers. He ended up signing in Sacramento, who we'll get to later in this podcast. But I think Lonnie Walker can replace the production he had. He averaged a career high about 13 points last season for the Spurs, can score off the bounce, uh, can get to the rim, can hit an open three, can do a lot of different things. And Malik Monk, athletic, can finish over the top of people. Things like that. I think he can kind of replicate a lot of what Malik Monk brought, uh, which was spurts of scoring, fun scoring, getting out, transition, lobs, all that fun stuff. Love that pickup. Um, I love the. Um, I like how we got more length. Um, a lot of times last year, you notice sometimes um, Dwight Howard was out of the lineup a lot. AD was out of the lineup a lot. A lot of our bigs dropped, but we picked up a Damian Jones, a uh, big seven foot center who can jump, finish at the rim, finish lobs, pick up Thomas Bryant, and now we don't have to see. Last year, Lakers got killed when they had to. Um, they have they ran LeBron James at the five. And that's not going to work specifically under the circumstances you had last season. I don't like that at all. Um, when LeBron is at the five and he's not boxing this man out and he's chasing that Kareem record, he's not um, closing out on shooters, he's not doing what he's supposed to do, you end up getting letting Naj Reed get eight offensive rebounds on you. Well, that was great. You end up <laughs> stuff like you end up um, – um, what's it? Um, Bates Jop, a guy on the Spurs, I remember he dropped – like 35 when the Lakers. Yeah. He's, it just, I can go on and on. Stuff like that was happened last year due to their lack of size, but that was addressing all season. You bring a Damian Jones, you bring a Thomas Bryant in, you get a healthy AD. I think it's going to drastically improve our interior for the Lakers. So that's why I'm, I'm really excited about this. Well, no more Carmelo Anthony at the five lineup. That definitely happened last year as well. No more of that. No more LeBron at the five. 
And also just you bring it up. I would address Patrick Beverly. I also think actually he should be a starter as well. I think those four should be locks for starters and figure out the last spot. But you bring in the Patrick Beverly to where when LeBron is missing his rotations, not boxing out Nas Reed and not closing out on guys like Bates job and not doing what he's supposed to be doing. You have a guy like Pat Bev. Hey, that's your rotation. Man. We're playing for something here. I don't I know you're trying to do whatever you got to do, but you got to do more to score. You got to do the little things. I need you to box out. I need you to be here. Hold him accountable. Hold AD accountable. Hold Westbrook accountable when he's getting beat back door by Zach Levine four times in a row. When he uh, can't stay in front of the Darius Garlands and different things happen in the league. But I think the Lakers have done an excellent job this offseason uh, for what they had. Obviously, um, last year we signed a bunch of big name guys. We brought in Westbrook and we signed in like, you know, the mellow okay, little okay, world. Okay, 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 okay. You said, you said all of this. What so, do you expect? Are they a six seed? Are they a four seed? Are they a are they a championship team? You said all of this, but haven't said anything. Do you think that their improvements are good enough to make them a like you got the 2020 hat on? Do you think their 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 improvements have been good enough to make them a championship contender or even put them in the conversation with two other teams in this very same division that I that I think we both think that those teams are better than the Lakers. I believe three so. Three teams, actually. Three teams, maybe. Well, one is kind of a disarray, so we don't know. But, okay, go ahead. I think so. If, they, if healthy, I think so. Only thing we lack, but there is some couple, Um, I would like for them to maybe go out and get a wing, maybe a Dougie, a Doug McDermott, uh, shoot the lights out. Uh, shooter, he's on the Spurs right now. I don't think that his price tag will be too high. Maybe a Cam Reddish bring in a Jay, a Jay Crowder, if you know kind of unrealistic because we don't have that many assets. But I think we may be one wing piece away from legit saying I can really buy in on this team. But I want to buy in on this team because I feel like we can – LeBron and AD are good enough. It's on the court to make up for that hole we have with wings. And it's going to come in and should be a smooth process. But I would like them to go out and maybe acquire somebody else who can defend and shoot uh, to help the uh, space the floor and take some pressure off LeBron defensively on the wing. But I think that this team is should be all right as long as everybody's on the court and we get to see what they look like. How many wins? Um, 53, 52. Okay, we're lying now. All right. So anyway, Los Angeles Lakers, right? All right, cool. I don't think there's anything the Lakers can do to be a championship team besides make LeBron James 30, 32 years old again. That's the only chance they have to be a championship contending team. Take LeBron James and find the uh, quantum realm that they found in fucking Endgame and send that man back and bring 32-year-old LeBron James and put him on here. And then, and then, I think you will have a championship team. They got 28-year-old AD. They have 30-year-old AD. I they think, got I think 30, years. 30 years old. Same, same thing. Might, hey, 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 you might even need to go back in the quantum realm once again and go get 2020 AD. You don't need 2028. No, 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 no. You might need to go back and go get Bubble Anthony Davis. If you can go back to October 2020 and go get Bubble Anthony Davis and put him with 32-year-old LeBron, we have done some and put him with before COVID Russ. We have done some shit. But since I don't think there's any way that you can do that, no, I don't think there's nothing the Lakers can do to be a championship contending team. Now. I do think if healthy, what, what does that even mean at this point? Because, I mean, again, LeBron James is 38 years old. He's still playing 37 minutes. Well, last year he played 37 minutes. I would assume this year it would probably be more about 34 minutes a game. But still, you're 38 years old playing. Um, but still, you're 38 years old playing 34 minutes a game. So I don't even know what LeBron James, quote, unquote, healthy even um looks like. Anthony Davis, I it really ain't never been healthy. So I don't really know what that looks like. But I do think that Russ – um, 
you know, second year in this, I don't want to say in this system because what the hell was the system last year, but second year <laughs> on this team. Um, I just think that even like even when you saw him, granted, it's our offseason, the lifetime fitness videos have scammed us for many years. But at least when you saw him working out at lifetime, you saw him working on things that I would assume he would be doing in the season. Like obviously, all right, we would love, you know, for Braun to you know, move up to the four and go to the corner and, you know, let Russ handle the offense. But realistically, that's just not going to fucking happen. So if that's just not going to happen. You need to practice more things off ball, which, you know, he was working on his um, jumper. I mean, you even saw him, Braun, and AD um, I think that was practice and they was having three-point yeah. contest. So you see him working on things and maybe, obviously, I don't know who becomes a better shooter in fucking year 14 who has never historically been a great shooter, but at least, you know, um, you can maybe find a spot on the floor where we can think that you can shoot 36% from. Um, and I also think one of the main things that they had an issue with last year was defense. Even when they won the championship, they were never a great offensive team. I think they score some points, but that wasn't why they won those games. Like they won those games because they had a great defense. They, Everybody bought in defensively. So my thing is buy in defensively once again. I mean, you brought in Patrick Beverly. I think Patrick Beverly is a guy who, you know, I don't think he's some superstar or some, you know, lifetime changing player, but I do think he's a guy who can come in, bring a different type of energy, hard nose and toughness, and um, hold people accountable. You know, I don't think you'll see as many defensive lapses with Russ if Patrick Beverly is, you know, out there talking. Number one, he's going to talk. Number one, mm-hmm. number one, he's gonna come in. You could like, I'm pretty, you go to a game, you gonna hear. Like I told you, I said, I said, course I granted, mm-hmm. it was beating the hell out the Blazers. It was New Year's Eve. Probably wanted to get out there and go have fun, but I didn't really hear nobody talking on the court. It was a very quiet game. I guarantee you, you sit course side, Pat Beverly there, you gonna hear somebody talking, mm-hmm. even if he not, even if he not playing, somebody gonna be talking. So I do think that that is a thing that um, you know, can help. Uh, then be a better basketball team. But again, I don't think there's anything that they can do to be a championship team. Now, I don't expect them to be what? 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 What, what were they like? Eleventh last year? Like, no, I think yeah, eleventh or twelfth. Yeah, not granted. I don't. I don't expect them to be eleventh or twelfth. That would be. That would be. That would be you grotesque. Know, but, yes, but you know, I think maybe fifth, sixth seed. You know, first, maybe second round, depending upon matchup. I do think it's um very possible for this team, but obviously, I mean, let's be realistic. This season is about LeBron James uh taking Kareem's record. We gonna sell a whole. Oh bunch of no, it's a lot bigger this than season, that. This season, know. this season, the Lakers are gonna hang their hat on the fact that midway through the year they gonna have no problem selling out games because LeBron James is gonna be near Kareem's scoring record, and then they're probably gonna be a six seed and get a round into a playoff revenue, and they're gonna get forty one million dollars from Russ being off the books, and then we're going to just try it again. We're going to try something again because we have $41 million of cap room. Um, as far as the acquisitions, Dennis Schroeder, I guess, um, I think he's a good <laughs> – no, no, no. I mean, I mean, Schroeder is a good basketball player. It's not like he can't play basketball. Yeah, I just think that – playing overseas. Yeah, like I just think that when you have to depend on Schroeder, which I think the Lakers had to do too much um, the year when he was starting at point guard, when you have to depend on Schroeder, I don't know if that's necessarily what you want to do, but I do think he is a guy that can add to your basketball team, especially if he's coming off the bench. Um, You have a guy like Lonnie Walker. If I'm if, if I'm Lonnie Walker, I look at what Malik Monk did last year, and I'm like, yo, I'm playing in yeah. L.A. Even if we are terrible, if I come out now, who? 
somebody's going to sign me because I'm going to get some money because the spotlight is always on Los Angeles. So even if we do have a terrible season, I want to come in. This is a guy who, you know, came into the league kind of um, um, injury concern. I think he had a broken foot his uh, rookie year. You've been kind of in um, San Antonio, kind of under the radar. Also, San Antonio had, you know, they had DeMar. They had uh, um, um, Devin Vassell. They've had uh, um, uh, Doug McDermott. They, I mean, even um, DeJounte Murray. Then they got the new guy, uh, Josh Primo. Basically, they've had many people at his position who are, like, at or around his general position. Well, I don't necessarily know if he ever got the time to shine um, the way he feels like he probably deserved the time to shine. So again, you're coming here in LA. I would, my advice to him would be have the best season of your career, have the best season of your career, and you will get some money from somebody else moving on next year, whether that be the Lakers, obviously, because they'll have Cameron freeing up or somebody else. Um, Trey Brown, I like that acquisition. Um, again, same advice to him. If you come out here and you ball, Juan Tizano Anderson, same advice for him. And Juan Tizano Anderson, luckily for him, he comes from a winning culture. So he don't really know what it's like to lose like that outside of the one year, I think, in Golden State when, you know, they really weren't playing for anything. Other than that, he's come from a pretty winning culture. And even in Golden State, they didn't have a losing culture. They just weren't winning at that point in time. They didn't have a losing culture. They just had a bad year. Number twenty. Oh, tell me. Oh, the year they missed the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Well, the two years they missed it. Was two years. They, oh, it was two years. Like, they. It wasn't like they had a culture of losing. They bubble just in the following year. The bubble yeah, in the following year. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just didn't. You know. So again, like I said, I don't think there's anything they can do to be a championship team outside of literally go to the quantum realm, get the same machine that fucking Ant Man came through at the end. Well, no, at the beginning of Endgame, but do it reverse. Go back what seven years and get 20 and get 32 year old LeBron James then go back three years and get bubble way D and then get before COVID Russ and put him on the court then maybe got a championship team but I still think they can be a good basketball team and I think that um even with Frank Vogel right you know Frank Vogel historically has never been the best offensive coach so then you decide to go out and give him Carmelo Anthony you give him players who have never once been known for defense ever in their life Literally, right after they won the championship, they was like, well, we're going to change the whole entire roster. Rondo, you know what? Bye. We're going to bring in Montrez Harrod and Dennis Ruth and guys who have never once in their natural lives been known as defenders. And you know what Frank Vogel does well. If you know nothing else about Frank Vogel teams, they're going to play some defense. <laughs> That's fact. So, Biggest loss was Kuzma, I feel like. Who? Kuzma was it? Kuzma. Kuzma. He was Kuzma. in the uh, KCP. Yeah, yeah, you do you take all them away. You give him all <laughs> offensive players, and it's like, all right, we know you don't. We know okay, you historically player. been, you know, a great off. Even even worse, even worse. Now if they were at their peak offense, whatever. But we talking about guys who used to be great offensive players, who are still good offensive players, but they aren't in their primes anymore. You give him that and say, hey, go fix it. Hopefully, Darvin Ham can come with something new. Um, he's black. He's played in the league. Um, he's closer to these guys' age. He's closer to these guys' culture. Um, so if he, you know, he can come and just relate to them on a on a man level, and um, yeah, they can just be a better basketball team. And 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 honestly, with the Lakers, man, I just want to see them play hard every night. It was so many times last year where it just didn't look like all of the guys were playing that hard. That was the Kareem Farewell tour. That was the not Farewell, but that was the Kareem Stat Pad tour. That's what it, that was. It was like it was like they were like they were all playing at hard. Oh, so it was bad. 
So if I had to put a win prediction, I would say high 48. I would say realistically, I probably think about 45, 46 wins at best. Um, too far off. Um, at best, but yeah, I don't think they're. I, I don't think that they are a that they are that they are a championship team at all. No way. I don't even know if they're gonna be, even be the third best team in this in this division. But so basically saying LeBron not that good anymore. That's what you like. I mean, he's good, but like he's with, with good he's, supporting pieces. I mean, he's good, but he's thirty eight years old, and also I don't think the supporting cast is that great. Is he still top ten? It's pretty. It's pretty good. What's I mean, the Westbrook? Probably, Westbrook like, Anthony Davis. Top like, all time? I mean, listen, he's probably like five, eight, eight, listen, he's probably like five to ten. And if we and if I have to win one game for my life, there's still maybe only two to three players I'm taking over LeBron James. We still are probably five to ten. I just don't think that this is um you could put anybody with LeBron, you could put anybody with LeBron and get the same results. Now I think if he changed his play style, um and and he took I don't want to say more of a back seat, but I want to say just change his play style, you know, and relinquish some ball handling um, responsibilities. Maybe you don't score twenty eight a game. Maybe you score twenty two points a game. If he relinquished some of his uh yeah some 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 of his responsibilities and started playing the game of basketball differently than the way he's been playing over the past ten years, I think you might see different results. But I don't think that's gonna happen. So if he's gonna keep playing the way that he's been playing doing what he's doing again is going to continue to compromise Russ slightly it's going to continue to compromise Anthony Davis slightly um then I think you're going to get a team that's 45 to 48 wins now again if this was 32 year old LeBron James it don't fucking matter who you compromise because he's so greater than everybody else so that's my opinion with the um with the uh, Lakers. We can leave it there. I'm all, honestly tired of talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. My homie is in my my homie. Shout out uh, Dan is in my group chat right now talking about we clips and brews and talking about uh, me with the Lakers and everything else. I'm tired of talking about the Lakers until they actually roll the balls out there and play a game of actual basketball. But moving on, <laughs> in that we have been blessed to cover. Over the past couple of years, the Los Angeles Clippers, um, LA Clippers Media Day was yesterday. Actually, shout out TPJ. He asked a great question to uh Paul George when he talked about like we a team that doesn't have wings, a team that has all the wings in the world, the LA Clippers. Um, he asked him, um, you know, what do you think about your defensive ability now? And basically he was like, Yo, I think we can, you know, switch everything. We can play big or small and not really compromise. I'm I am paraphrasing by the way and not really compromise um the things that we do and uh i think on paper the warriors and the clippers look like the uh cream of the crop um in the western conference uh granted the clippers have been as much of a theory as a broken nest have been over the past couple of years because they a team who i ain't seen on the on the uh court that much either but i mean obviously when you just look at this team i think it's I, I I think they can play pretty much any way that you want any way that you want to play the game unless you gotta you know deal with I think the only I think the only thing they might have trouble with is like a dominant big man like if you got to play the nuggets and you got to play against the Jokic, I think that's something that you could have trouble with but how many dominant big men do you see again the Suns don't use Aiden Aiden look like he don't even want to be there <laughs> right now, the Suns don't use Aiden, so you look around and really, I only see, you know, Jokic as a guy who could, as as you know, the the um one player 
that I think that it would be impossible, quote unquote, impossible for them to um match up against Towns, Gobert, Towns, that Timberwolves front court. Yeah, but Cat, especially now, is gonna be on the perimeter. Like Cat, not gonna take you. Yeah, but Cat not gonna take you down low and just punish you down low. Like Jokic will literally punish you from everywhere on the court. That's fair, but Towns is still a hell of a uh, explosive. I feel you, but I just don't think he's yes. But I think that with the way he plays the game, it lends to him being defendable by the Clippers because they still do have like guys like Roko, they have Kawhi, they have PG guys who at least make it difficult for him to do the things that he likes to do. I don't know. So Roko is uh, you trusting him on Towns? Yeah, why not? Him, uh, no, Towns got about four inches on him, probably that's about fine. forty pounds. Yeah, that's and fine. About 40- that's fine, but if you're like twenty, but 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 if you're twenty feet away from the rim, you're kind of eliminating that. All the shots from the three point. I know that's where he liked to be, but I, we don't act like he ain't caught some bodies and he ain't got aggressive down there. We seen him go at, we seen him go at and beat. We seen him go at a lot of these big centers in the league. You, he ain't as sweet as they uh, make it seem. I'm not saying. Like I'm not saying. Anthony Towns takes. He takes sixteen shots. What is his last year? He took. 11 two-pointers, he took basically five threes a game. The year before, he took – oh, my goodness. it was it, He took seven threes one year? Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. He was making them shit, though. He was making them, though. He shot 41% that year. He was. Um, He shot 6.33s in 2020-2021 and 11 um, twos. But let me actually break it down to see where he was actually shooting from. Uh, His – uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Shooting by distance. Um, yeah, see, 60, 60, he attempts 30, 30 last year, 33 per his shots were percent of his shots were attended basically under the basket from three to 10 feet, 25 percent from 10 to 16 percent or feet, 50 percent from 16 uh, uh feet to three point land, 62 percent. Basically, what I'm saying is he's not down low the whole game, just punishing you consistently. It's a little bit more spread out, so you get to kind of like uh, put smaller guys on him and maybe not lose as much. But when I look at this Clippers roster, obviously I need to see what Kawhi Leonard looks like. He hasn't played basketball in a, uh, in a basically a calendar year. Granted, he didn't have a full ACL reconstruction surgery. Well, no, he did. Not No, he didn't fully tear his ACL. It was partially torn. But he did have a full ACL reconstruction surgery. So I need to see how uh so I need to see how he looks. John Wall, I think is a huge question mark. But I think the good thing for John Wall is he's never been in a situation where everything doesn't have to come from him. For the most part throughout his career, he's he's been the guy. Like I've said many times in 2016-17, there was LeBron James as the best player in the Eastern Conference, and John Wall was right behind him, in my personal opinion, that year. So every John Wall has been a guy who has had the weight of franchises on him. He doesn't have to do that here. Um Reggie Jackson still coming off a great season. Like his season last year was incredible. PG was a guy that if he didn't get hurt last year, PG was balling. Especially those first couple of months of the season, PG was balling. Now you have Norman Powell. You like I said, you still have Rocco. You still have um, um, Nick Batum. You still have Marcus Morris. You still have Brandon Boston, Norman Powell, Rocco, uh, Terrence Mann. My only worry is you. In my personal opinion, the Clippers do have a lot of people who play kind of the same position. Mm-hmm. Question for you. Who's the, who's, who's the Clippers' third best player? I think it depends on the night. Depends on the night? 
And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I think some nights it might be Reggie Jackson. Some nights it might be John Wall. Some nights it might be Norman Powell. Some nights it might be Nick Batum. It's not gonna be a consistent hitter though. I, I can't I can't rock with that. It's not gonna uh, be yeah, I don't but I don't know who because again, I don't even know. I, I think rotations are gonna be something that's very important for this team. Like I think that even if even if John Wall starts, I think he's just spending most of his time with the bench. Why is that? So more more ball handling duties? Because I know you like you know PG like to bring the ball to the court now. And yeah. and just and just with the way Kawhi and PG play, like they don't actually utilize a point guard and make them a point guard. So I think that they don't really get up and down either. Yeah. So I think that having Reggie Jackson start or play most of those minutes with them fits. And I think that you know having a guy like John Wall to get guys like. Norman Powell to get guys like Luke Kennard to get Marcus Morris easier shots to get Nick Batum um um easier looks to get Zubak easier looks. I think that you know how you do these rotations will be very very pivotal for this team. But I do think the sky's the limit. Obviously, health with this team is another huge question. We talk about a whole bunch of other guys who ain't been playing that much either. <laughs> I mean, like, nah, let's not seriously. So that's we I can't be biased. Go into it. Paul George. This is what Paul George has played since the 18-19 season. 48-54-31. So he ain't been a bill of health either. He been out there like a concept himself. He ain't been out now again. When he been there, he been balling. But he'd have been a concept himself. I can't. If I, if I uh, say this about the Lakers, I got to say it about the Clippers too. We're going to pull up Kawhi Leonard. Over the past couple of years, Kawhi Leonard. We 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 can even we, we can go back further. Fuck you know what you know you know you know what's the most games Kawhi has ever played? Like sixty eight. Like sixty eight. Okay, that's around. Mm-hmm. So he ain't been a bill of health either. And also the thing about Kawhi Leonard is he's older than his age because every single year you're having deep playoff runs. It ain't really like Kawhi been sitting down like like Kawhi you know April and he had the career. No, Kawhi usually playing until at least late May. Usually, so. I mean, you go John Wall. Look at John Wall. I mean, everybody know. Now, granted, God bless the brother. He's you know had some tough times over the over the uh, past couple of years. But I'm just reading numbers over the past <laughs> couple of years. John Wall since since 2017, 18. This is what John Wall has played: 41, 32, didn't play, 40, didn't play the whole year. So you can either look at that as he got a whole lot of rest or he been injured. Now, some of it is both. Because obviously last year he was healthy enough to play. The Rockets decided they didn't want him to play. That's a whole other thing. Get a you know a whole year to just rest your body. But again, I don't know what John Wall looks like. I have zero idea what John Wall looks like. But on but on but on paper, I think that this is arguably the most versatile team um, in the league, and this is a team that has real. That this is a team that has realistic, legitimate championship aspirations. And to me, it should be health permitting championship or bust for this basketball team. I mean, even look at the last time they played when Kawhi Leonard even did get hurt. I, I mean, that Sun series could have easily been 3-1 the other way. I mean, they lost one game, you know, at the uh, buzzer. Other games were like, you know, uh, um, um, I think PG missed what, three free throws one game. Like, it it easily could have swung either way. So, um, yeah, my thing for this Clippers team, I think they'll probably win about 55 games. I think they'll be either the first to the third seed in the um, conference and uh, championship of bus for this basketball team. Joe? They picked up Moses Brown? Yeah. The OKC dude who's an excellent rebounder. Oh, that's a, that's a good pickup. Um, another a backup five for Zubats. We kind of – the Clippers, same thing. Uh, it's all about health. Amazing roster. I'm very interested in seeing the rejuvenation of John Wall. 
Uh, I want to see if he's able to um, – the Clippers don't usually play fast, but they want to sometimes maybe take play fast with the team they're playing against, get into their guard and get out, get some easier looks. It's good. nice to see uh, uh, John Walker still be that one-man fast break type of guy to get out there and get things going for them. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited for another year of Ty Lue, uh, obviously probably a top five coach in the league. I don't think there's five coaches better than uh, Tyrone Lue currently right now with his X's and O's and his ability to manage different locker rooms and all the vets he's to manage. I think the Clippers – so um, pretty much sky's the limit. Um, they, like you say, you added oh, another year of uh, Terrence Man, um, a young guy. He arguably so nice because, like you said, our tank third base, but he could be the third base player on some nights. We saw him excel in the playoffs uh, a few years ago, and he had his moment. He got uh, pretty sure more than one twenty over twenty plus points games against the Jazz. That um, no, they played him at the five. Was it just one? Was it just one? Yeah, we but like we've seen, but we yeah, yeah. We, it was it was a lot. Um, we've seen flashes of him and what he's capable of. Another year of his growth, a uh, year of him to learn under guys like Norman Powell. You're learning from John Wall. You're learning from Kawhi Leonard. You are learning from Paul George, learning from Ty Lue. So he's soaking up all this in while being uh, talented. Uh, I think this is about fourth year for T-Man, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, excellent player out of Florida State. This is um, a stack of roster. We're going to see. I'm really interested to see how the rotations work. I think the fact that some of these guys will be in and out the lineup, won't even affect them that much. Uh, Paul George wants to miss the week, or Kawhi wants to miss the week. Extra minutes for Terrence Mann, extra minutes for uh, Nora Powell. If, you're, if you own any of these players in your fantasy league, you might want to pick them up if somebody gets down. I uh, say extra 10 shots for Nora Powell, Kawhi says. Extra 10 shots for a guy like Terrence Mann. Extra 10 shots for Zubac. They have they have just uh, guys in space and floor. Kennard is the top shooter, top three shooter, top five shooter in the league based on percentage wise. Nick Batum is one of the best spotter shooters in the league. Marcus Morris can knock down a three. They got guys who can get in the in-between game. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard score from everywhere. This, uh, the sky's the limit. They got um, – what else do we have? Like you say, Reggie Jackson, uh, clutch shooter. He had to hit a bunch of insanely huge shots for them last season. I remember he skipped up the floor and got that game one on the Lakers. That still hurts to this day when he skipped up on Russell Westbrook up the floor. I had me dandy to a wide open layup when um, Austin Reeves tried to force the baseline and Russell Westbrook just swiped and he got a layup. And he also, multiple big threes. Reggie Jackson, he would have made his career about as good as no, facts. anybody yeah, with facts. the Clippers. So, I mean, this that might have been the reason why John Watt wanted to go here. He saw how Reggie Jackson was able to come here and just... Nick Batum as well. Yeah, Nick Batum, a lot of guys um, come here. He left Charlotte and came here, yeah. Bomber and their general, uh, general manager crew, they um, are doing a great job of rejuvenating players and bringing them together and putting out winning teams. They have been having the upper hand over my Lakers for like eight years now, for the most part, outside of our championship run. The Clippers most have been running Los life. Angeles. For most no, of your life. At this no, point. no, don't do that. Don't do They've that. They've had the upper hand for a third of no, your no, life. No, no, Literally for a third of your life. It's no. literally been a third of your life. That's two, I'll literally take, been a third of your life. It's still 66%. That's not Since, the majority. You said majority, G. That's crazy. Okay. Don't do that. Fine. Fine. <laughs> a third of your life. Since about 2011, <laughs> it's been – I just want to put that there, but okay, keep going. Um, but, yeah, pretty much. They've been having the upper hand on the Lakers. It's been pretty bad. But this is – I think this is your L.A. run through Los Angeles, man. Teams going to see that L.A. trip. They're going to pull up, man. We got the Clippers on Friday. We got the Lakers on Sunday. They're going to look up. They're going to be 0-2 come Monday. I think both these teams are going to be uh, ready. they both here this Saturday. both know they're both known for not being on the court. They hear all this stuff. I think this is the year they stop all of that nonsense. This has been egregious over the past couple years, how much they have not been on the floor. I think there was a Laker-Clipper game that you probably went to. Um, and, and like, yeah, yeah, when nobody played. The floor was like Austin Reeves and like uh, Xavier Mann. Wasn't that the, the, um, the Reggie Jackson game winner? Uh, 
Was that that one? I don't think. No, AD played that game. Because remember, AD, AD almost hit the game winner. Play. AD, AD almost hit the game winner on the other AD. end. I thought I thought he hit the game winner. AD but you know, but yeah, there's just been a lot of chatter towards them. They hear all of it. I know they're older, but I think this is a year that they really rejuvenate, and we might actually get the Lakers Clippers conference finals that we were all dying for. No, all right, yeah, all right. I look crazy. All right, I might look crazy now. And when the Crip going crazy come uh, May. Um, I said it now, but I think this team, obviously, uh, extremely talented. We talked about this pretty much all offseason. Um, I project them to get uh, – I think the possibilities, I think I can say about – I wouldn't be surprised if they mess around. They're healthy. That's about 60 wins. I think this is a 61 team on paper, um, bare minimum. Even if they do have injuries, I, like I said, very, very insanely deep team. Pretty much every position, there's a solid backup. So it's something that could probably start somewhere. No one power is starting on a ton of teams. Uh, Reggie Jackson slash John Wall, whoever's going to start there is either one of them starting on a ton of teams. Uh, Batum is probably maybe even starting on some teams. Marcus Morris is starting on certain teams. A lot of the guys they have in the bench are starters other, um, elsewhere. So I think even if they do have injuries, I don't think it'll affect them too hard. So um, I think sky's, uh, sky's ceiling probably like 60 wins, bare minimum, I'd say about 54 at the, at the, at the least. Uh, everything, it should be good um, heading into this next season. Excited for both Los Angeles teams. Uh, the league running back running through Los Angeles for the first time. Fair. Um, all right. Well, I think we can leave it there. Moving on, we can talk about a team that I personally think I was actually in it. I was in the trade machine trying to do a, a trade. Uh, the Phoenix Suns. Um, DeAndre Aiden said he has not spoken, which I don't think was that big of a deal. The fact he hasn't spoken to Monty Williams, like, what do we need to talk for? Do you talk to your employers when <laughs> not even your employers? Do you talk to all your coworkers? When you ain't at work, no, no, I'm on vacation. Why I need to talk to? It's not my man's. It's not my man's. It's just weird how like just going through the media. I feel like I feel like it would just be better if they just talk to themselves. You talking about some? Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like, just talk to each other. Do you see somebody like, just going through their hearing with somebody else talking about like they, they was some, asking I, me? They got the little cone to their ear and they're like, "What do you say?" And they I just mean, respond like that. Like, I mean, just again, like. Again, I think this would be a bigger issue if we find out throughout the season they lit. But again, even throughout the season, you ain't gotta like everybody to win. And then also, like once he signed the extension as a coach, you don't think though as a coach, you should once that once it was max and it was finalized, he was coming back to Phoenix. You don't think you should probably maybe want to reach out to the man and have a conversation with him about the next season. I think that might be kind of as a people really. can't feel it. You don't think that'd be kind of inconsiderate? I think so. <laughs> okay, you really got championship okay. goals and you really want to uh, build something. Two things. One, just because he got that max don't mean we he, he he can't get traded. That just means he on the Suns right now. That don't mean once the deadline passes, he can't get traded still. Not the deadline yet, though. You still got to pretend like he's there. You can't just anticipate. You can't just be like, you might get traded, so I'm not going to say nothing. Yes. Like, I, not, I, get that. Like that. I get that. I just don't think it's as big of a deal as people would make it out to be. But regardless of the fact, um, what do you think about the Phoenix Suns this season? What do you think their ceiling is? And honestly, do you think that they can recover from that game seven debacle and everything that happened um, last year? Uh, the Phoenix Suns, um, kind of the same roster from last year. Obviously, they're going to lose Crowder. He's not reporting to training camp because he was upset that he will not be a starter for this team anymore. I don't think the Crowder loss affects them too much. They picked up Josh Okoji and they still have Mikael Bridges, the reigning runner-up for defensive player. If not runner-up, he was third, one or the other. Outstanding debate. Picked up him and adding a Josh Okoji um, pretty much kind of cancels that out. I'm excited to see. And they still have Cam Johnson, who's going to be looking for an extension soon. He's going to have a bigger role. Obviously, not the defender. That, uh, maybe Crowder was not as strong as he was. Maybe he can't guard bigger players. But they have the guys that step in and fill the Crowder role. 
I just think they won't be as good as last year. Last year, they was just – they was – wow, last year was insane. They was one of the, probably one of the better regular season teams I've seen in my entire life from the Phoenix Suns last year. They was ramsacking teams. When they came through to the crib uh, to play the Lakers, it was ugly pretty much from start to finish every time, no matter how much I might have thought we could have stole one from them. And a lot of the times they were just – they took care of business last year. Um, they had one player who could score off the bounce, but he was doing it insanely well, Devin Booker. They had uh, Chris Paul on uh, another all-star year. I think he's in like year 19 as well, year 18. He's still getting the job done. Uh, could possibly – it would be very interesting to see if uh, Chris Paul can get to another all-star game. That's going to be interesting. To see. I just I – just, I can see them being successful there. Yeah, I, I feel like they're a lock for probably eight to five seed, but I definitely don't see them getting uh, the 64. Again, any, anywhere near that. I think the league might have kind of figured, out, figured them out a little bit. I think teams will be – a little more prepared now when they uh, play Phoenix. Uh, they'll know that that's going to be one of the – they know uh, how they did them last season. Teams don't forget stuff like that. Uh, they remember what happened. I think teams will probably be a lot more prepared. But I think unless – like, I got to take a page from the Pavy book, unless they get uh, Aiden, the former number one overall pick, and I believe the 2018 draft, unless they get him involved more, this team, I mean, they're trying to change their offensive scheme. Um, Mikhail Bridges get some uh, moves, get some wiggles, get a shimmy. Get a little maybe a crossover to a pull up or something like that. Cam Johnson maybe takes a jump. Um, they'll they'll regress a little bit. Um, I, I really love D Book. I think he's outstanding. Um, the top three, if not top two, shooting guard in the league. Uh, and had a great outstanding playoff performance his first year. Uh, good in the playoffs last year. Obviously they failed to get it done. But I think Phoenix, their ceiling is about, uh, I say, forty eight, forty five, forty six mm, wins. So you, so you had him falling down. I definitely do. I, I just, I can't see them replicating what they did last year. I think teams would be a lot more prepared um, this year for for them. And I think Chris Paul takes another step back. I think they, they did win a little bit without him, but I think that he won't be able to do what he did last year. Say a, a deep book injury possibly, which um, could happen, would affect them a lot more this year than it would last year. And I just, unless they really change up their schemes, like I said, Michael Bridges gets some moves. They use eight a little more often. Cam Johnson will have who will have more minutes. I think they're going to rely on him a little more. If he can come up, maybe up his averages from 12 to maybe 16, that'll help them drastically. He can get him a nice uh, 70 million dollar extension over the next five years. That's going to be big. A lot of eyes on him, kind of like the Pat Williams situation in Chicago. Uh, he's a much better player than him. But just, uh, are we sure about that? I think I've, oh, yeah. You say I'm, he's <laughs> a much better player. You use the word much. I think that would help. I think the Bulls would be much better if they had Cam Johnson instead of Patrick Williams. I think. Um, for me, the Suns. Um, for um, for me, the Suns. I wish you. I think that take. I think that take a huge step back unless they actually start using Aiden. Like the again, I've said many times. I think DeAndre Aiden is actually the best player on the Phoenix Suns. That's why they don't use him like he's the best player. You do good though. Best player is crazy. Um. Also, I think that. Um, Mikael Briggs and Cam Johnson need to add some scoring off dribble ability. Um, and if they don't, I have a trade that I put in the trade machine. It uh, it actually works. Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson throwing in some two like two maybe second round picks. Um, for Eric Gordon, bring Eric Gordon over. Um, I don't know how what Eric Gordon has left, but he is a guy who you know can at least provide a little bit of help with scoring off of dribbles. I think that's what happened um, last year. It's like you realize at times if Chris Paul and Book don't have a rolling, since they don't give the ball to Aiden, if they don't have it rolling and they aren't, you know, uh, knocking it down from 
um, mid-range, what else do they really have? Who else do they have that can really score the basketball um, like that? But in general, I just think that this team is just probably just missed their shot. Like, I think that last year was, you know, um, their shot. If they were going to win it, like, they were going to win it or get there. Again, I thought I thought 2020 was their shot, personally. I thought that was their shot. Was, yes, I thought, yes, I thought that was their shot. But last year, I thought, you know, even, you know, maybe them against the Warriors, seven-game series, who knows, whatever. But um, I just think that this is a team that has um, missed their shot. Like, Chris Paul is, what, 38, 39 years old. I don't think that he, you know, won't be good. Granted, obviously, you know, he's a guy that over the over the past couple of years, he's been pretty healthy. But I am a guy who remembers when Chris Paul was hurt his hamstring every single year the past couple <laughs> of years before the, you know, be um um be be for the last couple of years. So it's realistic that that's a thing that may happen again. Also, as far as Mikael Briggs and um Cam Johnson, again, what's actually the next step for them? Like, what is the next step for them? Like, what does Mikael Briggs being better look like? That's a great question. We saw him last year, and when, when they had done their backwards against the wall against the Pelicans, I think I'm pretty sure it was Game Five. Was it two two? Mikael Bridges put on a hell of a game there. He's got if he can do something like that more consistently, they will need stuff like that because a lot of times when they were getting ran by the Pelicans, they weren't getting nothing from Mikael. Mikael finished the game with eight points, two steals, and four five rebounds, and maybe one assist. They just is they that didn't need him just. To do- but is that just who Mikael Bridges is? Like, is he just your again? I think we all think he's your prototypical in in today's NBA three and D wing. Yeah, outstanding three and D wing with length and all. Yeah, all of the above, kind of like a kind of he kind of like a Herb Jones somewhat, like a older. Yeah, one. He's, like he's, a more, he's, he's 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 like he's he's to me in the Trevor Rini, uh in in a Trevor Ariza lineage, like a modern day Trevor Ariza. Yeah, maybe he's a little bit of a better defender than Trevor, whatever. But like, he's in a, to me Trevor Reza lineage. But like, can he excel? I mean, we'll see. That, I think they like, what's the ninety million already? He was, um, but his his defense is top tier though. Like, no, his defense is great. I have no complaints about his defense. I just think that the Suns again, since clearly they aren't going to use Aiden, and and we have to talk about Aiden. Just because Aiden got that money, I don't think that means Aiden is staying in Phoenix. I like no, nah, I, I really, I, I, I really, really don't. I, I can see a situation in which he becomes frustrated in Phoenix, and that, and that situation has the potential to drag down the, that entire situation. Reason being is you get picked number one. He's he was in one of those rest situations where you get picked number one, but you already had a young star who was like it was his team. But I'm the number one pick in the league. Like, and I feel like he probably may look at himself like, yo, I can do more. I He's haven't also, been, I haven't yeah. been maxing out my potential. I can do more and you guys won't let me do more. I don't know. So he again, also kind of a dinosaur archetype somewhat. He got, like the, Andrew, he got like the Andrew Bynum game in 2022. And you, you know, don't he's have not, Andrew Bynum. Go, oh, we can't do that. No, we can't. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. No, we know. With the close hooks and the. I'm not letting you know. Oh, no. No, I'm not letting you I'm not letting you do that. Why not? I'm not letting you do that. I'm not letting that I'm By the way, you better have who to who. D book shooting at uh, that that would that 45% clip from mid range, I'm not letting you do that 38% nope. three. Then I'd rather have Chris Paul shooting his mid range, I'd rather have a array of things happen on the offense than, than uh, 
DeAndre Aiden, Andrew Bynum. Andrew Bynum's best year was 18 and 12, which was a great year. 18, 12, and he shot 55%. DeAndre Aiden, DeAndre Aiden, in his second year, gave you 18 and 12 and shot 55% from the field. But, like, that's a, I'm not, I'm saying. Chris Paul came and decided to take away half his fucking attempts. And then he went to 14 and 10. And then last year, yeah. while only taking 12 shots, shot 63% from the field and gave you 17 and 10. I'm just saying, that's his archetype, G. It's like, I don't, I don't want to get a ball to Andrew Byron for. Like, when I got these, uh, when I got the best shooting guard in the league, arguably, a top five MVP okay. candidate. Okay, that's fine. But then you have Chris Paul, who is 38 years old. He can't be there forever. Again, you would think the foundation of your team is Aiden and Book. You got to bring Aiden alone, man. And, and, and again, I've seen too many times. I, I can even give you a game. It wasn't even a uh, – I can give you some times too. Go ahead. Like, I can give you a game, right? It was uh, Phoenix Sixers. They were playing, I think it was in Phoenix. The Suns went up big. All of a sudden, Book and Chris Paul went cold. Aiden out there, they don't get a man the ball, though. They just keep swinging the ball around, trying to shoot threes and missing them. So, again – I can see a situation where De- just because he signed that deal does not mean DeAndre Ayton is literally going to be there that whole season. I don't know about that. L- look at this. How can you not razzle like more touch than how well he shoots for mid-range finish? I'm, I'm, I'm saying the man needs more touch. And, again, I can see a situation where he still might end up with the Pacers. You know that can still happen. He still could oh, end up with the Pacers. Be him with him and Chris Paul. I mean, if they could get back Halliburton, that'd be fire. No, just Aiden, Miles Turner, Buddy Hill, pick somebody. He could still end up with the Miles Pacers. Mm. He could. I'm that saying, would be interesting. That would be he interesting. Still end up with the Pacers. Also, I think losing. Granted, I know they kept Bismack Biyombo and Bismack Biyombo. I like, did this thing um, last year, especially when you know Aiden was in and out the lineup. But I think missing. I, I think Javale McGee will, will be a big loss for them. Um, I think oh, that, yeah, I think that JaVale McGee shit for the past six, seven years has been, uh, arguably the best backup center. Great pickup by Dallas. NBA. Great pickup by Dallas. Obviously you have Dario Sarvis coming back, but again, I just think that they, I, I don't think they got better. Um, and I think other teams got better and I don't know how you recover from that game seven. I just don't know how you recover from that. And one of, in my personal opinion, your cornerstone foundation pieces just isn't happy. And I don't think that the Suns treat him the way that they should treat him. I can understand his frustrations. And I'm going to say this one more time, and then we can move on from this team. Do not, I still don't think that just because he got a new deal, DeAndre Aiden finishes the season in Phoenix. Or if he finishes this season, I don't know if he make it through next season in Phoenix. <laughs> So, they got to choose between him and Monty or what? <laughs> That's just maybe they got got to choose. Yeah, I mean you got to choose between him and Monty, him and Book, him and CP. Obviously CP is leaving, but um one of the reasons why Aiden originally didn't get offered the money that he wanted to at first, well, and also we can't miss out the owner Robert Sarver. You also dealing with a team that's probably about to get sold. We don't know, you know, who buys the team. We don't know. I'm done if Jeff Bezos buys him. If Bezos buys it, it's a good buy. Bezos has all the money in the world and really might want to win basketball games. I'm I'm jealous of teams with rich owners. I can't do that, man. Not with this situation over here. But 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 again, like I you I who this 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 whole Phoenix Suns offseason ain't been it. 
It's only been one team with a more not at all season than the Phoenix Suns, and that's the Boston Celtics. But this whole Phoenix Suns offseason ain't been it. Robert Sarver, he getting suspended. He get well, no, he's being forced to sell the team. Obviously, Aiden, you've been questions with Aiden. They weren't talking, they was talking. I'm telling you, yes, I'm with you. As far as like how many games they win, I could see 48. Um, I think that I can I can see 48. I also can see 55, depending on what this locker room is like, but I could see 48 wins. Um, and like I said, I think that just uh this might get a get be this might become a very interesting and um tumultuous um situation down there. Tumultuous situation is crazy situation down there in Phoenix. Um <laughs> but moving on to actually one of the more honestly, I think Sacramento Kings. I think that this is the team that finally has some semblance of direction of what the hell they're doing as a basketball program. Um I don't think that they will be a playoff team, but I think they can be a play-in team this year. I think the Phoenix, not the Phoenix, I think the Sacramento Kings, if all goes well, this to me is a lineup that I would like to see, right? Um, I would like to see Davian Mitchell. I would like to see De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes with Sabonis. That is the five lineup that I would like to see. Um, I think relinquishing some of De'Aaron's point guard responsibilities Maybe good for him. Um, one reason he is, if I'm not mistaken, he averaged, I think, 26 points once Halliburton left. And it was like he was a guy who was like, all right, you, go score, go score, go score. I think he averaged 26 points once Halliburton left. Davian Mitchell, I think, is one of the best young defensive guards in the um, league. Sabonis is one of the most versatile players. Keegan Murray looked awesome in summer league. Yeah, Keegan definitely. Murray looked Awesome in summer league, and you and you again still have a um Harrison Barnes there. You can also now bring um you can bring um Malik Monk off the bench now. Uh, they have Matthew Dellavedova on the roster. Well, on the win, yeah, they happened. do. That's okay. like a Kevin Herter. I like that. But, but yeah, but, but yeah, uh, you you can bring Monk. You can bring Herter. They still have Alex Lynn. They still have Rashawn Holmes, Terrence Davis. Uh, I think his name is Chimisi Mitu, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, Chimisi Mitu. He went to USC. Not yeah. here. Yeah, uh, Trey Lyles, Kent Bazemore. Again, like this is a basketball team that I at least have some semblance of what I think they're trying to do. Right. And I think Sacramento has been a franchise where I had no the fuck idea what they were trying to do over the past 15 years. Like they hadn't put together any roster where I'm like, I get it. <laughs> at least when I look at this roster, I get it. You got, you know, hey, you, you know, you got your two guards. You got, you know, a defensive bulldog. You got De'Aaron Fox, who's a guy who's electric. He can um go score. Keegan Murray, big NBA wing, could be a, you know, three or four. Harrison Barnes, same thing, three or four. And you have a pretty much a, I want to say a poor man's Jokic and um, Sabonis. So I can actually finally kind of rationalize. Um, <laughs> So I can, so I can actually, you know, kind of rationalize uh, what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Uh, the Kings, uh, they got a little something going. I expect them to either be playing or right outside of the playing. Uh, they can be a fun team. I think offensively they'll be there. Uh, they pick the Kevin Herter pickups, Malik Monk pickups will really help take some pressure off De'Aaron Fox. They're going to get up and down. Uh, I like how they still held on to Rashawn Holmes. He wasn't too great last year. Had a lot of injuries. We're dealing with a custody battle and I think a couple other things. But he's supposed to be back this year. I think he's one of the better backup centers in the league. 
I think sometimes they might even run a Sabonis, Rashawn Holmes lineup together. I would really like to see that. I think that'd be interesting. If uh, Rashawn Holmes gets up and down the floor, he protect the rim. They're gonna need him to really. I think they're gonna need him to have a really good year because I think he's really the only one who kind of thrives on defense and uh, protecting the rim and doing things like that. I think yeah, like you said, Keegan Murray is gonna be um a top. I project him to be a top three, top five rookie next year. I'd say at least twelve. Could he win rookie of the year? Keith, possibly. Possibly. Uh, he could probably um, – I, I can see that. He's really great off-ball. Um, at Iowa, I watched a little bit of him, and even in the summer league, come off screen, come off pin down, can even create for himself a little bit. Uh, Keegan Murray, he should have a, a, a great year. Hopefully, he's going to start. Hopefully, he starts at the three. But I like what they've done. Um, I want to call them – I'm not going to put them in the AAU circuit, but <laughs> but they probably right there in that range. I see um, a lot of high-scoring games from this team. Uh, they're going to get up and down. De'Aaron Fox is going to control the tempo. They got shooters to uh, hit. Uh, Davion Mitchell is going to be, uh, like you talked about him, an outstanding on-ball defender. He went to Baylor. Brings a lot of energy to the team. Guys like him, uh, they have Bays more. Harrison Barnes is a veteran. I don't know if you want to really rely on him for all your wing defense, but he's a veteran. He can knock down some shots. He can probably guarantee at least 16, 15 a game from the wing. From, uh, the mid-range, he can attack the rim a little bit. Sabonis is probably going to be like a one of those guys who – uh, not gonna make the, gonna put up Austin numbers, but he won't make the team because he's in Sacramento and the West is loaded with uh, bigs and forwards. So it's not gonna happen. But he'll put up All Star numbers and he'll make them serviceable every night. So bonus will be on other teams' uh, scouting reports. He will give teams hell. He'll have a couple of big games. I'll definitely look at him in fantasy. He probably average about yeah, because they pace gonna yeah. be high as hell too. So we gotta yeah, they pace is, yeah. Facts. He's going to be definitely a high fantasy target if you play fantasy basketball. Uh, if you're looking for people on the Kings, I definitely would recommend Sabonis, uh, Fox, maybe even Monk might give him some good minutes. But, yes, uh, Sacramento will be a fun team. They shouldn't be uh, a pushover. They'll get out uh, and they'll play and they have talent. Hopefully they can stay healthy. Uh, who's coaching down there? I know it's not. Mike Brown, which I actually – Mike Brown, which I do want to speak on that. Um, Mike Brown obviously was pretty much – excuse me, running the Warriors' defense – um, over mm-hmm. the past, excuse me, couple of uh, years. And, I mean, right. Mike Brown historically has been a really, really good defense. I mean, even if you look at those Cleveland-Bron teams, they were always, like, top five of defense. Like, those teams were more defensive-laden teams, and it's like, Bron, save us offensively, but defensively we're going to defend like hell, and we assume if we could get it 80 to 85 with two minutes left, you the best player in the league, figure it out. Um, so I think that they will have better defensive principles. Which is why I think Davian Mitchell will start, um, and I think Davian Mitchell was a guy who could be second team All Defense next year. Now, granted, I don't know if it'll happen because he's playing in Sacramento, and I don't know if people will notice it. But I think that he is a guy that could really excel um, in this system with um, Mike Brown. Like, I think a lot of this, the, I think a lot of things defensively in the NBA sometimes are scheme. You know, I think some players it looks like they can't defend because they are being put in the wrong positions, either scheme or effort, one of the two. Um, I think that he will get these guys to defend. I think that he will put these guys in the best situation um, to be better defenders this year. Yo, they can um, defend. They might They might slide. They might get somebody in the plane. They might be able to make it to the second round of the play. In the they can defend because the offense is there. They got the space in. They got the dynamic scores. They got the guys who can get a bucket. The offense I think is there. they uh, can be at least the 20th best defense in the league this year. 20th? I think they could be at least 20th. Last year they were 27th. I think they could at least be 19 or 20. If they're 15 to 20 on defense, they probably I honestly put them like right like I put them like 10 seed, 9 seed if they can but do that. That's but that's and probably where But again, yeah, yeah, but again, that's probably where I have them at. I have them at about 
maybe I want to say 38 wins, 38 wins, uh, at best 40. Um, and I think that they can be like the 10th seed in the um, play in. And again, a play in one game. I mean, you saw what happened. People didn't people didn't expect the Pelicans to beat the Clippers. It's one game, bro. Somebody <laughs> come out there. Nah, for real. Somebody come out there yeah. and get hot. Hit, you know, somebody who you didn't prepare for hit get fucking 15 points. That wasn't on my sky report. We are fucked. So, you know, uh, yeah, but all in all, I do want to commend the Kings for at least having a team finally that makes some semblance of sense after all these years. Like, literally, you know, you know, there are kids today who have never seen the Kings in the playoffs. Never seen the Kings in the playoffs? That's wild. They are that's, high schoolers. That's that's facts. I'm, I guarantee you, I talk to some of the little dudes. I think I'll be- there are people who have went to college who have never seen them win a playoff series. I could be wrong. But I think if you could have been 2 yeah. I, wait, what, did they? It, they they might have been one years old. The last <laughs> time they won, like, literally, there are people who do not know the Kings actually played good basketball at one point in time. <laughs> humans alive, like, fully realized humans. Yeah, it would humans. be nice if they, could, if they could have a Chicago type year last season. Not as good, but something like that. Something if, like, to get people excited. Something like that. If they could, like, get, um, maybe get the fan base going in Sacramento. Otherwise, they might end up in Seattle or something. Who knows? But if they could just keep that franchise alive and the fan base alive and something to have them going for and not be a pushover this year, then you get a win. Yeah, because I mean, then, people. I mean, people may not remember, but that was one of the toughest places to play in basketball when they were good. When they were good, that was a great basketball atmosphere. The Cowbells, the Cowbells, thing, super loud. Like, like, like those was facts. Diva, Diva, Chris Webber, Bobby, Bobby Jackson. Jackson. Um, yeah, facts. Yeah. Even like earlier than that, Jason Williams, yeah, Hedo, Turkoglu, Turkoglu, Peja, Peja, Hedo. Um, like those, those. So, so yeah, those. Um, teams were solid and they can kind of bring that culture back there. Um, and again, don't forget Sabonis. Sabonis, obviously, his dad played for Portland. Obviously, Portland is in Sacramento, but I'm just saying he's probably used to the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the west side, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but moving on to the last team in this division and also the reigning champions, oh, Golden State yeah. Warriors. Um, what do we expect from the Golden State Warriors? I mean, I don't know if we need to spend that much long on this. I think I expect them to be a team that could possibly win another championship this year. Um, obviously, you know, Clay will be year two removed um, off his surgeries and coming back. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. I can't even imagine the confidence Andrew Wiggins has right now. They have a James Wiseman coming back. Kavon mm-hmm. Looney, obviously Steph Curry is still hey. Steph Curry. Somehow people let them pick up Jermichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo. I don't know how to fuck the rest <laughs> of the NBA let that happen, but somehow they let them do that. Um, Draymond is still there. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to spend – I mean, again, I think the Warriors probably come out here and win 55, maybe 60 games. And, again, I think there will be a team, once again, right there back in the um, thick of things. And uh, I think what's beautiful about them is like I can only imagine again the confidence that they that they, that you know their um young guys have, like Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Wiseman is a guy who's hungry. I'm sure he wants to come in and show people, hey, I belong, I can play. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I think this team will. I don't I don't know what else to say about them besides they'll be good. You really? have any uh this is the words this remind me of your Twitter. You have any thoughts for the Warriors fans about your tweet that went blew up again today? Like, the lines on tweet. Like listen. I can actually tell you the game happened. It was Lakers, 
Okay, Hornets. All right. Jason, also, was it Lakers Warriors or Lakers Hornets? Lakers Hornets. So also, oh. here was my theory about play. I was I always say it's hard to build teams around players under 6'4 because of the fact usually they just can't affect the game in every single aspect. Even at that point in time, Steph Curry was a little liability defensively. So I was like, I, disagree, I, got, I got to disagree with that, but okay. He wasn't like now. I, again, he could he contributed because he did play the play the uh, passing lanes very well. But there were still things that you could do um, to frustrate him. Also, he wasn't as strong, which is why those times in the uh, playoffs, his numbers would kind of drop and KD's numbers would be up here because you would stick bigger guards on him. And he wasn't yeah, yet strong I enough. I don't think that's the reason why. I think it's that was showing a lot. They was running the offense more through KD, and they were throwing a lot of yeah, doubles because, at him. Yeah, because everybody's and now they was trying that shit in Boston. Shit didn't Steph, fucking work. Steph had a playoff success with without KD even being there. He literally I had a whole playoff that. run. Yes, I understand KD. that, but that shit oh. wasn't the shit he did last year. It just no, it was two different human beings. What he did last year was not the shit he was doing before. No. No, I no, I have so, I, like, defensively or just all just, all around, all of it. Oh, I mean, I don't know. You seen the 2016 Western Conference Finals? Who did they play? Towards, okay, see, when they came in front of three one lead and Steph was averaging like twenty eight. I mean, you can't just do stuff like that and then but say, listen, oh, but, 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 but hold, wait, 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 real quick. But what do we remember most about that series? Clay Game Six. We just do. That was a big game, but they're not like Steph disappeared that game. Steph was I'm there that game. Disappear. I think he had a triple-double. But, again, what did we know about that game? Clay Thompson fucking shooting from the logo. Basically, all I was saying was this, right? Here's what I thought about Lonzo Ball. I thought Lonzo Ball would be the new and improved Jason Kidd. And I looked at what Jason Kidd did with the Nets, and I was like, wow. And Jason Kidd couldn't even really shoot back then. I thought Lonzo Ball would be a 6'6 point guard who gave you 18 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds, Two steals, point seven blocks, and eventually shoot like thirty seven percent from three. Yeah, now, from three. I, yeah, now then he, he was like, he was like that wave. No, no, said, oh. no, now, now, but, but again, wasn't I think he was the youngest player to ever have a triple double? Like we can't. I like Lonzo's rookie year was bad. He just got hurt. He was the youngest player to ever have a triple double. Yeah, like it was pretty. It wasn't like no. Not when you're shooting thirty percent from the field. But again, if you look at his numbers and put them right by Jason Kidd's, they look identical. So I'm like, yo, we're just but hold on. Listen, I'm just looking. I'm just. I was thinking at the time we are looking at the new and improved Jason Kidd. Probably do the same thing with like Michael Carter Williams or his other guards in that. Michael Carter probably, Williams, people thought he was gonna be decent. I don't know what the fuck happened. I'm just saying, you gotta pump your brakes, especially when the shooter percentages look what they look like. It's but, just again, like but, but 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 again, I also thought that he would eventually shoot like 37 percent from three. I got that part right. He, he shoot now. He can, but he's still in the He's not in the same stratosphere as Steph Curry, though. Player wise, wait, wait, wait. I won't say he can't do it. I think what happened with Lonzo was he got typecasted very early, because you know, first year you're there, you're balling, you get hurt, then Bron comes over. Bron comes over. Obviously, you aren't running the offense no more. You also had Brandon Ingram, who they would let run the offense as well. So all of that, you get traded, you go to New Orleans. There's Zion there. There's Bi. They're still not letting you ever really be a point guard. Then you come to Chicago. And they basically use you as a glorified two guard. So he never actually really got a chance outside of his first year to actually really conduct the offense. I think he just is, got is that his fault or whose fault is that? He got to take more initiative as a guard. Or is no, it just no, like, no, 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 no. Maybe that's not what he was destined to play. No, he also one, played off ball a lot at UCLA. He wasn't just always hoarding the ball at UCLA. That wasn't really his game. He still made guys like TJ Leaf. He got TJ Leaf was a first round pick. T J Leaf was a first round pick. And now he is probably no. I ain't heard of TJ Leaf. Probably Europe. It's probably in Europe, 
But one, one is injuries. He kept getting hurt. Like one is injuries. He kept getting hurt. Remember, like he had like the bone bruise, the ankle bone bruise. He was out for three yeah, months. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, yeah every yeah. time. I mean, like even now, he got the knee. Man, don't know when they're going to see man's again. So one of it was he, the unfortunate thing of Braun comes and like, okay, now we went from a team where we just the young guys. We going to see what y'all going to do. So, oh, shit, we got LeBron. We can win now. So then you get put in that unfortunate situation, then you get traded, then, you know, the other people don't have the same care for you because they didn't draft you, you in a whole different situation now, and you still getting hurt. I just think a lot of unfortunate things um, happen with Lonzo's career. He was still able to do his thing. He still did his thing. He still did his thing. Like, he had a successful – I think he had a pretty successful stint in in New Orleans, besides the injury, and he played hell of a good – when the time he did spend on the court with the Bulls, he was outstanding. But, I mean, yeah, he got a – Well, he just got typecast, and I think that that uh, hindered him from being the player that – I, that 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 is who I was talking about again. I was seeing twelve points, twelve assists, eight rebounds, leading the league in steals. Give me zero point five blocks and being able to shoot like thirty eight percent from three. Then you woke up, see? but I feel you. I give what the, I give what the vision was, but it was just it was a reach. But and it, it shit ain't get there. Still and I hilarious. also said type player, not literally specifically him. I said Alonzo type player. Wait, who is Alonzo type player? What do I you just mean? told you. Somebody 6'6", six, six, oh, 210, okay. guard, 18 points, 12 re- 18 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds, 2 steals. My thinking was he could be the best player offensively or defensively in any given series. I, I guess. But it didn't work out like that. But thoughts on the Golden <laughs> State Warriors. Um, I'm sure we both share the same sentiments. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll be quick. I said he brought back Andre Godala for, I think, what, like his 19th year. That's interesting. He'll get yeah, some playoffs. Say, yeah, they said he's not coming back to coach. Yeah, all right. <laughs> He'll all be right. there to mentor guys. I think he'll be a great influence on guys like Kaminga. Um, but, yeah, the uh, Warriors, another – they've been dominating for the past. They pretty much have – I mean, they had, a, obviously, a couple years off. But they've been that team in the NBA pretty much since 2014, 2015, 2015. They pretty much have been that team in the NBA that's uh, – Topping in revenue, uh, selling out, making noise, uh, blowing your favorite team out, making moves, developing their young guys like rarely teams have. Uh, all their main core guys have, that have been there for every championship was drafted by that team. And they didn't just come into the league immediately dominating. Steph had his ankle issues. Draymond was a bench player, uh, role player type. Clay Thompson worked his way up from just being a guy uh, who maybe made one or two threes off the bench to just being these three all-stars. Uh, one of them is a superstar. But, yeah, it's pretty much – we'll see if they can remain healthy. Obviously, we expect them to contend once again. A uh, very deep roster. Um, they bring – um, they made one of the best trades of the last five – three years, I think, over the past four or five years. They picked up Wiggins. Outstanding move by the front office. The uh, Timberwolves was thirsty to get D'Angelo Russell so they can uh, appease Towns. And I think that really backfired for the Timberwolves. But the Warriors, obviously, uh, were rewarded out that heavy. One of the best trades they uh, you can make and they – you bring Wiggins to play with a guy like Steph, raises his value up immediately. Yeah, he performs in a play. He becomes a guy that pretty much was thrown away by the league to all of a sudden one of the most highly touted uh, players. Thrown away by the strong, but continue. I mean, no, the Wiggins was a, was an afterthought. He, he he would get mad disrespect. You know how the streets was when Wiggins brought up. Well, he don't want to win. He lazy. He don't play no defense. I always a lot of, a lot of guys ran away with narratives like that. And then, I'll, I'll give you that. I do remember that. That's fair. 
But um, like I said, they, they bring in guys like Wiggins, and they're one of the better trades you make over the years. They get Kaminga and Wiggins just out of get rid of, of, of a guy that didn't need at all, D'Angelo Russell, uh, because they want to appease their best player in Minnesota. Uh, you bring back a Wiseman this year, uh, number two pick, who I didn't even really see the floor last year. He hasn't really seen the floor throughout his entire career. We saw glimpses of him. Um, the question of the market still out on him. We'll see if they can get him involved, get him some lobs, make him run the floor. We'll see what he can be. Um, but you lose – you don't really lose anybody. You bring in – like I said, the, we talked about this when it first happened, but DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green there is just insane. The fact that they allowed this is crazy. But we'll see. Hopefully um, – I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Jordan Poole's extension. He had a great um, – he well, maybe he had a great first round last year. He really killed the Nuggets, and he kind of production dipped off. But I'm excited to see how much Jordan Poole gets with his extension. Uh, Bob Myers and those guys, they make sure they pay their guys. I'm pretty sure they'll stay in. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll pay him. He'll end up staying – they don't have any problems going over a luxury tax, um, so I'm pretty sure he'll get paid. But we'll see. I'm pretty sure they win about probably 50 to 55 games next year. Unless some sort of catastrophe happens, they'll probably get like 40, 40 to 45, but they should be there. The Warriors, yeah, they'll be must-see TV. I know they'll be on national TV all night. I'm really looking forward to open tonight, them versus uh, the Lakers themselves. We'll see. I'll probably end up betting somebody the Lakers will win that game. I don't know which one of y'all I'll bet. I'll bet something on that eventually. Terrible bet. But – yeah, all right. That's what it sounds like now to the happy. But yeah, they bring it back to Von Looney. Uh, in the uh, playoff, I'm, he won every championship with them. I know he has two championships, uh, right? I know he has three or three out of the four. Uh, I think. But they bring Kevin Looney back, outstanding center. Uh, set some of the better screens in the league. Finished around the rim. But yeah, Steve Curry still there. Great organization. Steph Curry, I think, is the best player in the league. If you ask me. We'll see what happens again this year. I think last year their playoff run was a little questionable. We'll see how they do if the, um, the Giants are still standing Jason up. Jason Tatum, the North still remembers. Jason Tatum, North still we, remembers. We remember the playoff performance last year. Jason Tatum, the North still remembers. But, nah, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the Warriors – they didn't, you know, lose nothing. Guys got one year older, but they also got a whole bunch of other young guys to supplement them, and they'll be just fine. They'll have something to say about all of this, barring injuries happening. Even if injuries do happen, I still think they'll have something to say about this, uh, about the NBA, um, you know, as we wind down. But um, I think we can leave it there. I don't know if we have we – how many other divisions do we do we have to do? Uh, do we do – We didn't talk about, like, the, the Timberwolves division or no? I don't think so. That's like the Timberwolves, Jack, and Nuggets. And then we got one more in the East, then, right? Nuggets and all them. Um, yeah, the Nuggets and, and all them. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't do the uh, Southwest, so we got two more left. Okay. So I'm thinking next week, let's go south with the – well, I mean, we we could damn near do – I mean, because the shit's starting. We could damn near do two in one week, do Southwest, and then do um Southwest, and then do – what is it, Northwest, I think it's called? What's Northwest? That's uh, yeah, that's Southwest and Northwest. Northwest is like jazz. We did Southwest already. That was Dallas. Oh, I mean Southeast. Southeast. We didn't do Southeast and uh, Northwest. Oh, we haven't done Miami yet. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. Okay, all right, we'll cool. figure it out. But um, as always, y'all, man, thank you so much for watching Hoops and Brews. Appreciate all y'all. Um, this will be our I don't even know what season at this point, I think seventh season, fourth covering the Clippers. Joe, we got to get you to some Clippers games this year. Um, fourth covering the uh Clippers. Uh, so shout out to all y'all, appreciate y'all looking at all the content throughout all the years. 
And um, Joe, get your plug in. Oh, it's good, y'all. Thanks for tuning in for another Hoops and Brews. Uh, love talking about the Pacific Division. I probably watched sorry, everybody in the whole league my entire life. Anyways, give me on Instagram at Joel R. Wilson on Twitter at the Joel's with two S's. All right, y'all. We out. And as always, follow me on Twitter at Pavyroy, P-A-V-Y World, all one word on Twitter. All y'all out there, I have a show. Uh, if you in a, if, if you in the Los Angeles area, I have a show October 8th. Um, at the Viper Room, tickets are on my website. My website being paverbs.com. That's paverbs.com for $10 pre-sale. If you're in the area, please come. Come out and show love. It would mean a lot to me. It's my first show in L.A. in a while. Um, I got a whole bunch of music dropping. Actually, I have a new single coming out. Um, October 12th is called Everything to Me. So make sure y'all look out for that. That'll be out soon. And um, yeah, man, until next time. It has been Hoops and Bruce.